Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. I am Race for the Prize. Let's look at the Cup Series. Las Vegas 2024. Value picks everywhere. Let's talk about them. How are we going to save? There's deals, there's discounts. But first, remember, if you go to raceforthprize.com, that's where you can get access to the Fantasy NASCAR Spreadsheet. 12 bucks for Las Vegas. Maybe we can work out a deal, or maybe you want to put Las Vegas and combine that with the March package soon to be announced. Email me, racefortheprize06 at gmail.com, or DM me, raceforthprize on Twitter. JJ Yaley, not going to go there. Just don't believe in New York racing. Cool story, but we don't need to go there. Kaz Grala at 5,100. I don't think we necessarily need to take a Rick Ware car given the value that we have elsewhere today. But in the future, I'm not going to completely eliminate Rick Ware. They obviously invested in Justin Haley. Maybe there is something here. We don't know yet because we've only had super speedway races. What is Haley going to do? What is Grala going to do? Is Rick Ware serious? Are they trying to grow and figure things out? They have been better over the last couple of years, but for this slate, I don't need to go here. Derek Krause has somehow landed himself a colleague car. Our colleague cars the greatest? No. But our colleague cars $5,200 cars? No, they are not. Krause and Hemrick are severely underpriced. And this is a track where Kulik has been fast in previous seasons. Justin Haley and A.J. Allmendinger, two of the tracks where their setups have been very solid and they've had top 20 cars, were at Las Vegas. Can Hemrick and Kraus replicate that? Sure, it's a bit of a stretch. But is Hemrick that much worse of a driver than A.J. Allmendinger and Justin Haley? Sure, there's probably a degree of difference. But at the end of the day, a lot of the Las Vegas races are going to come down to the frequent cautions. And as long as Henrik just doesn't have a really bad day, he should be able to reset. And if he can have some good restarts, I believe at 5,500 for Daniel Henrik, he is absolutely a value play. I'm worth going to. I don't have nearly as much faith in Derek Krause, although he is a good Canaan West driver for Bill McAnally. His truck series left a lot to the imagination. He's still around. He is still capable. He is on the board. I would probably go to him before I went to Kaz Grala. Uh, I may consider Haley before him, but I would like to see. I mean, $5,200 at the end of the day for a cheap colored car. And if we get enough chaos and carnage and wrecks and restarts, although I don't expect to be that crazy, but Las Vegas does have drivers pushing the limit. It's early in the season. People are going to be testing things. You've got new Toyotas. You've got new Fords. And Krause is going to be having the benefit of being in a consistent Chevy. So as other cars maybe have mechanical failures, they may be testing the limits and getting loose and getting into the wall, it is a possibility. And just to simply do the math, say there's attrition where five, six cars wreck out, that's five to six place differential points. That's five to six finishing position points. That's 10 points right there for a $5,200 driver. And then let's say he finishes around 24th. That's what, 20 points right there. That's 30 fantasy points. For a $5,200 driver, that's 6X. That works. Maybe you don't believe for in Krauss, but the same thing's going to apply to a Haley and to a Daniel Hamrick, as long as they are outstanding and qualifying. All we need is five incidents or five issues, which surely will happen at Las Vegas with a new Toyota and a new Ford and a track where 
you're going to push the limit. You're going to get loose. You're going to get in the wall, and some people just aren't going to finish. So that's five PD. That's five finishing. If you can get into the mid-20s, that's 30 fantasy points. And that means really all of these guys can get the 30 fantasy points pretty easily. And if we look at top scores and top 10, now a 50 fantasy points is going to get you into the top 10. But we don't need a top 10 DFS score from a driver below 6K. We're definitely going to need 50 or more from our top four picks, maybe even our top five picks, I would argue. But from our sixth driver into our lineup, an extreme value, maybe even our fifth and sixth, we can dial that down to 40 points. We can absolutely take 30 points. And we can see last year when we had to spend up for a Kyle Larson and a Christopher Bell, we were willing in the optimal lineup, the winning lineup, to take Ty Leon at only 22. Here you got Austin Sindrick at 42. You had a 48 from A.J. Allmendinger, and then you got a 38. So, yeah, we might need a little bit more than 30, but that's kind of the bar, right? That's the minimum. We're saying, you know, five-place differential, a boost of five finishing position, you're finishing in the mid-20s. So maybe it's a little too much to ask Kraus to get the 40. He can get the 30 if we have to spend up a lot. But it's not too much to ask from these guys as we move forward to get a little bit more than 30. All of the next drives, and I would argue Hemrick can get to 40 pretty easily. He can push into the 20s. Once you push into the 20s, that's 24 fantasy points, probably seven or eight place differential. You're getting close to hitting that number. Assuming you start closer to the back. Zane Smith, we got to see. Same thing, Hosever. Uh, keep your eyes on the Spire cars in practice. Keep your eyes on them in qualifying, too. We want to see where they qualify. We want to see where the speed is. We don't know what these cars have yet. But these cars are capable of hitting that 40-point and being that sixth driver into your lineup. Same thing with Todd Gillen. The front row motorsports trucks have been pretty fast to start the season. We'll have to see if that continues I'm not sure if I want to buy in, but if you look at his stats over the last couple of years, he's been a 20th place driver. So if Gilly can finish 20th, he can move forward with some place differential. He can maybe even go further than 20 if you think that there's going to be a little bit more dicey racing given the circumstances of this first intermediate track race of the year. Maybe he pushes into top 17, 16, maybe even top 15, then he's absolutely going to be the play of the works. I really start to warm up when I look at these guys. I'm not completely eliminating Haley, Krause, and Gralla, but they are very low on my list. Once I get to Hemrick, I'm like, yeah, maybe not so much the Spire guys. Definitely Gillen. This is where it gets real interesting. We've got four SHR cars from 6,000 to 6,400. Absolutely strange times that we are living in. A lot of answers will come in practice if these drivers can show speed. They are all talented, but they're young. We don't know about the equipment. Before Ford made their body changes, there's even more questions now. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of questions. And unfortunately, a 10-minute practice shakedown session is probably not going to give us all the answers that we need. But if any drivers are going to go out there and get the most out of their car in practice, it will be these young guns. We don't expect Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex to show all their cards. Some of the veteran drivers don't use practice the same way. But with these young drivers desperately working to advance their careers, trying to work with new crew chiefs, new teams, new balance of sharing data between them. Their practice sessions are going to be real. Barry and Childers are going to be really dialing it in. Gregson's going to be dialing it in. 
Briscoe reunited with his old Xfinity crew chief is going to be dialing it in. So what I get from SHR in practice, I think I might boost that up more for me. But clearly, 40 fantasy points from these guys, that's, this is still value tier. You only need really 40 from them. And you could argue that from these guys under sub 5,000 or 6,000, you really only need 30, which is doable. 40 is doable. And I would expect one or even two of these drivers to end up in the optimal lineup. Coyle Joy kind of slides in there in no man's land, probably not going to get any attention. I don't really see a reason it's spending up more for Austin Dillon when I can get the SHR cars cheaper. Same thing for Cindric, Nemechek, Sinhouse. You could argue that Cindric might be slightly undervalued. I don't know if Team Penske was all that strong last year. I know that Ryan Blaney won the championship, but he won them at specific tracks. And he won them mainly by being consistent in the playoffs, not by being a dominant force leading a bunch of laps, having a absolutely amazing car. Cindric and Logano were off to nowhere to be found. We'll see if changes can be made, but they're also going to have to deal with that Ford situation of what's this new body going to do in dirty air at an intermediate track. Jones could be a step forward. I think you're spinning up for a little bit too many question marks, so I don't really need to go there. Yes, I think by the end of the season, Legacy Motor Club will have benefited by switching to Toyota and having the transition in their rearview mirror. But right now, it is definitely in the forefront. This is a tier that I really like from Brakislavski to Ty Gibbs. Clearly, Brakislavski has been good at this track, was great here last fall. Chris Buescher has been good pretty much everywhere last season. Really had the breakthrough in 2022, really came out in 2023. Very strong, consistent speed. 8,300, pretty much undervaluing the RFK Fords. Again, we got to worry about the Fords at the new intermediate track, and we'll see what happens there, but it's definitely something worth keeping our eye on. I think it's a little bit cheap. Alex Bowman finished third in this race last spring. Hendrick has been absolutely aggressive and dominant at Las Vegas last year. They've got the Chevy that should still be dialed in and have an advantage. 8,100 for Bowman in this race, I believe, is too cheap. Suarez at 7,800, also with Trackhouse, with the Chevy Advantage, has momentum on his side. Now, maybe he's partying too much this week, a little too much Fiesta. That could be something that holds him back. It's always a narrative we hang on to with drivers that don't win often. And when they do win, is there a bit of a hangover? But that's something I want to consider. Ty Gibbs, 7,600 for a JGR car is always going to be something that's going to catch my eye. Second season, let's see where the improvement is. Your top tier is your top tier. No real surprises here. Everyone is priced accordingly and correctly. I don't really see myself spinning up for Blaney and Logano at an intermediate track, but Larson, Hamlin, and Byron statistically have been sound at Las Vegas and at the intermediate tracks. Elliott could be a surprise. Kyle Busch could make it work. Christopher Bell might be a little too cheap. The Martin Tricks Jr. might be a little too cheap. And same thing with Ross Chastain. I would say these three drivers have a really good chance of leading laps and running fast laps and being, if not the number one guy ahead of Larson, number two or three behind Larson, maybe get you some place differential, but they definitely are catching my attention. I want to completely rule out Reddick and Wallace, but they're kind of falling in between. I like these guys a lot, and I also really like these guys that don't necessarily need to lead laps. Maybe a fast lap here or there, a positive place differential. 
cheap enough that they can score around 50, 60 fantasy points, be in the middle of my fantasy NASCAR lineup. Thanks for joining me. Raceforthefries.com. Blessed to have you guys around. Love you guys. Trip to Light's fantastic.